Zacchaeus meets Jesus. We're going to read verses 1 through 10. Let us hear the word of the Lord. He, meaning Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man called by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was rich. Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was and was unable because of the crowd, for he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree in order to see him, for he, meaning Jesus, was about to pass through that way. Verse 5. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. And he hurried down and came down and received him, meaning Jesus, gladly. Literally, that word means rejoicing. When they saw it, they all began to grumble, saying, He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. We're going to divide this message today into two parts. We're going to talk about how to follow. We're going to follow the story of Zacchaeus. We're going to follow the story of Zacchaeus. And then we're going to have five applications of Zacchaeus for all of us. And when I say us, I mean also capital U and capital S. All of us in the United States who are celebrating not only our independence from a foreign country, but we are also celebrating our freedom in Christ. At Equin Baptist Church, we do not worship our nation. We worship the God of our nation. Would you agree with that? Say amen. 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 Well, as we follow the story of Zacchaeus, we, um, we recall a tune that children sing in Bible school. You know it. Let's try to do it together. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down, for I'm going to your house today. I'm going to your house to stay. You remember that song, don't you? Sure you do. Well, Zacchaeus was short short not only in stature, physical size, but he was short of friends. He was short of um, uh, a popularity because he was a tax collector, a Jewish man who was a tax collector, meaning he worked for the state. He worked for the government. 
And having Zacchaeus around is like having an IRS, IRS agent hanging around at your house. Can you imagine living with an IRS agent? One of my best friends used to work for the IRS. He was an accountant and an auditor for the IRS. Uh, that's why he lived about halfway across the United States, and I lived in Kentucky. And when I got around him, I thought, is, is he the guy that's going to audit me next year? I hate audits, don't you? And so we get nervous around these people. Zacchaeus was the kind of guy that because he represented the Roman government, he was allowed not only to take the taxes that you and I would have owed to the government, but whatever he desired to take from you for himself. The portion he kept for himself was his salary. And the Bible says here, he had more money than anybody else in town. Because he did not just keep a portion, he kept what he wanted for himself. And he was truly hated by all of the people. One of the reasons he didn't hang out with the crowd that was following Jesus was that he knew they did not appreciate him, they did not want him around, they did not want him to be a part of their uh, fellowship. But he heard that Jesus was coming. He had heard a lot about Jesus because being in his um, position between the state and the people, he knew there was something very popular about Jesus, and he wanted to hang out and find out what Jesus was all about. And crowds were beginning to follow Jesus, and as long as he did miracles and he would teach parables about the kingdom of God, he became more and more popular. So on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus is coaching his closest disciples and say, we're going to go through Jericho first, and then we're going to go through Jerusalem. And he said to the disciples back in chapter 18, the Son of Man is going to be crucified when he gets to Jerusalem. He's going to die, and he's going to be raised on the third day. And the Bible says at the end of Luke chapter 18, the disciples of Jesus didn't get it. They didn't understand. It was like they were blind about Jesus. Hence, in the last portion of Luke 18, Jesus heals the blind man before he enters Jericho, blind Bartimaeus. But once he gets to Jericho, the crowd continues to grow and the crowd continues to follow this popular teacher, a rabbi, some call him, named Jesus. So as he enters Jericho, uh, this uh, short in stature man named Zacchaeus finds a sycamore tree. The limbs are kind of low, so he climbs up into the sycamore tree so he can see Jesus because he wants to meet this guy that's very popular. Zacchaeus is not popular. Jesus is. Zacchaeus wants to know what's so attractive about Jesus. Let me pause right here and remind you that people love to hang out with Jesus. Common people, not the tax collectors, not the religious leaders of the temple, uh, not the uh, Pharisees and the Sadducees that made up the Sanhedrin, the 70, but the common people, people that worked for a living and paid high taxes, people that were oppressed by the wealthy, 
People that needed hope like blind Bartimaeus. People that were seeking a better way of life. And the Son of Man, which is Luke's way of saying God, who took on human form and looked like a man just like you and I today. And so Zacchaeus wanted to get ahead of the crowd, got up in the sycamore tree so he could meet Jesus. And that's the title of the message today. Zacchaeus, let's just say Zach for a while. That'd be okay. (laughs) So Zach can meet Jesus. Now, as we listen to the story about Zacchaeus and we've sang the song, I want to ask a question for us to ponder. Question number one. Now, this is deep theology. You ready for some deep, you know, deep theology here? Was Zach seeking Jesus? Or was Jesus seeking Zach? What do you think? Was Zacchaeus seeking Jesus? He really wanted to see him. He wanted to hear what he had to say. He couldn't see him because of the crowd. Do you think Zach was seeking Jesus? Or do you think Jesus was seeking Zach? We have a volunteer right here. What do you think, son? Is it both? Let's give that boy a hand. Woo! He's a theologian in residence at Akron Baptist Church. Son, it is both. Now, two-thirds of, four, two-thirds of people listening today have, have, weren't listening, but you were. And I think we need to congratulate this young man. It is both. He's actually very true. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Zach was looking for Jesus, but before Zach ever thought about Jesus, God, through Jesus, was looking for Zach. Now, that's true about you and me. You came here today, not by accident, but there's something in you that wants to know more about God and more about Jesus. But before you were ever created, before the world was ever laid, God has been seeking you. As one professor at seminary preached a great sermon, I will never forget, Dr. Honeycutt was his name. He said, the word, now what's the word? John chapter 1 talks about Jesus was the word that became flesh and dwelt um, um, among us. The word he said, was in search of a world. And the world was in search of a word. God was seeking Jesus even before Jesus was seeking God. And that's, that same, that's true for you and me as well. For he said in the last verse, The Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. Who are the lost? We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, haven't we? We're in that number. The population of this world is reaching 7 billion people. And only a third of this population claims to know any any reference to God whatsoever. Two-thirds of this world. Everybody that's born in this world is seeking for God. God put that hunger in you to seek Him. Because he's also been seeking you. 
Now, I want to give five applications to this message today. It's 12 o'clock now. If anybody needs to restore your levels of comfort, feel free to do so. I'll be through shortly. Five applications of this passage. Number one, like Zach, we are also sinful and greedy. Bible says in Luke 18, verse 11, the prior chapter, these Pharisees stood by him, uh, a Pharisee rather stood by himself and he prayed to God, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people who are robbers and evildoers and adulterers or even like this tax collector. Well, did the Pharisee have any idea that he was a sinner too? He really thought by his religion he was right with God. But religion is us trying to get to God. The Christian faith is God coming down to us. That is the difference. Not only was Zach like an IRS agent of his time, but he was also a traitor to his nation. He was a descendant of Abraham, and he collected excessive taxes for the Roman government in Jericho. Jericho was a trade uh, 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 a trade uh, route, if you will, for balsam. And if you've ever used unkers, anybody ever use unkers? U-N-K-E-R, apostrophe S. It draws all that soreness out of your muscles and stuff, you know, just makes you feel better. I introduced it to folks who work at GE, and they sold it, sold it all up and down the layup lines in, uh, in GE. Whether we, we realize it or not, we are like Zach. Our natural tendency as a sinner is to look out for ourselves and take whatever we can get with what we have. It can be difficult for us to look beyond ourselves to the needs of other people. That was the, that's who Zach was before he met Jesus Christ. So you and I have that in common with Zach. We are sinful and we are greedy as well. Application number two, through the Word of God, can somebody bring me some water, please? Am I kind of drying up up here? Thank you, Billy. Where's Richard when I need him? You know, he's always got water right here. Through the Word of God, we all have access to the truth. People were flocking around Jesus, as we mentioned early. He was attractive to common persons, and Zach didn't want to be left out. Zach knew Jesus was worth seeing if he could just get to him. He's the, because Jesus truly is the full representation of God in human form. And Zach didn't want to be left out. And we too are trying to find the same truth. We are looking for truth. All people are looking, all persons are looking for truth. But we're looking for truth in places other than Jesus and the Word of God. We're looking in social media to find truth. We're looking on the internet to find truth. We're looking through the lenses of science and the telescopes of science that go into space. Thank you, Brother Billy. You're, You're our new Richard. <laughs> We're looking through the telescopes of science right now. I forget how far Voyager is in outer space right now, but it takes days for a, a signal to even get back to us. And I heard the smartest guy in the whole world say one day, one day we will see God. No, we will not see God through a telescope. We will not see God through philosophy. 
We will not see God through any science. We will only see God because he's been revealed to us in the very person of Jesus Christ. The book I hold in my hand was written by those who saw Jesus and those who were with him. And this is why we call it the very word of God. So only through the Christ, Jesus, who is now risen from the dead, he is God with us. Only through him will we ever know absolute truth. By that I mean what is right and what is wrong as God sees right and wrong and he gets to decide what's right and wrong because he is the creator of all of us and the world in which we live. As my son Dan used to say when he was ministering there in Georgia, he would say, this is God's world. We get to live in it. What a great way to phrase our place in the world. So, like Zach, we are also sinful and greedy, but only through the word of God, the person of Jesus Christ, do we have access to absolute truth. Number three, Jesus wants to live in your house just like he invited himself to Zach's house. Can you imagine a celebrity saying to you, I'm going to come stay at your house a while. I'm going to hang out with you. The most popular baseball player, um, I can't think but the guy of Cruz that played for LSU. You know, that comes to my mind, Mark. Cruz said to me, uh, Tom Curry, I'm going to come hang out at your house a while and teach you about baseball. Or the guy that wrote the book about baseball, Men at Work, Will, what's his name? You know about baseball. He wrote the best baseball book there is out there called Men at Work. Will, ah, can't remember his last name. Can you imagine the guy that wrote that book coming and saying, I'm going to come live with you. I'm going to stay at your house. Jesus wants to live in your house too. In fact, Jesus said in Revelation, Behold, I, I stand at the door and I am knocking. If you'll just open the door and let me in, I will come and fellowship with you and you will fellowship with me. We will be close friends. Imagine having a close friendship relationship with Holy God. And we do. How is that possible? Because literally the Holy Spirit of God comes to live in you and me when we invite Jesus to be in our house. I just asked the question, what hinders you today from opening your heart's door to Jesus? Some of you listening, watching by Facebook, what hinders you from opening your home, your house, your heart? You know, when you let people come to the kitchen of your home, you're saying to them, you are welcome here. I have nothing to hide. Come on in. Let's sit down. Let's have a meal together with each other. Folks, that's what true fellowship with Holy God is really like. Application number four. When Christ comes to live in us, we are made pure. When, we, when Christ comes to live in us through the Holy Spirit, we are made pure. Does anybody know what the name Zacchaeus means? Got your cell phone out? What does the name Zacchaeus mean? When you get it, raise your hand. 
What does the name Zacchaeus mean? Well, I'll, I'll just go for it here. Zacchaeus, the name means pure and innocent. Pure and innocent. Here's the takeaway from this passage in verse 8 here. Zacchaeus finally overcame his past and lived up to his name, pure. Blessed are the pure in heart, the Bible says, for they shall what? See God. He had Christ in his life, and he overcame the past, and he lived up to his name. You and I, through the cleansing of the Holy Spirit, who comes and lives in us, live up to our name too. We all have the same name. They call us that name at Antioch in the book of Acts. Remember what that name was? We were first called what in Antioch? What? See, my hearing's getting better. I can hear you now. Christians. We can live up to the name Little Christ. Little Christ. Because we are made holy and pure. Number five. Our meaning and purpose in life is found in Jesus alone. Now, here's what I want to zero in on this message today, and I want you to hold on to this gospel truth that will transform your life. Number one, His presence alone and His love for us will lead us to do things we never thought that we could do. I wonder if Zacchaeus, before he met Jesus, thought that he would be able to give back everything that he had uh, taken from others, fourfold back. Would he ever be able to return half of what he had received as salary and just give it away? Just give it away. Give it to whom? The poorest of the poor. And by the way, the poorest of the poor is where Jesus hangs out. If you want to find Jesus, if you want to see Jesus, you want to understand the heart of Jesus, he said, I was in prison and you visited me. I had nothing to wear and you gave me clothing. I had nowhere to stay. I was homeless and you took me in. That's the poor of our world and our country and our nation and that's where Jesus hangs out. Can you imagine becoming a cheerful giver like Zacchaeus this is the transformation that takes place when we bring Christ into our life we don't begrudgingly give a tithe we give beyond the tithe and we do it happily cheerfully as Zacchaeus did I can see this little fella jumping up and down once he had Jesus or Jesus came to his house said Lord see Jesus was just a person when he was walking down the road to Jerusalem when Zacchaeus first tried to meet him. But after Jesus invited himself to Zacchaeus' home, he received the very presence of God in his household, in his very home. He was transformed by the person of Jesus Christ. And he's the happiest guy on the planet. Do you remember when you first got saved? You remember the joy you had? You remember the happiness you had? Well, that happiness continues in our stewardship because where our heart is, there is our treasure also. And his heart was in Christ. He was a cheerful 
giver. You can also have a mission statement. Uh, Zacchaeus said, my mission from now on is to call Jesus my Lord. That became his mission for the rest of his life. He called Jesus his Lord. Secondly, we can also admit when we were wrong and, making thi- and we can make things right. But we can say, I was wrong. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? I had a friend, um, in fact, it was uh, Keith Matthews' uncle by marriage who passed away. And his name was uh, Risley, we called him, Jim Risley. Jim Risley always, or, or, well, many times would quote an evangelist <clears throat> that uh, they had at uh, the church they attended before they came to our church. And the evangelist would say, you can't hurt a dead man. In other words, I have died with Christ, the Apostle Paul said, nevertheless, yet I live. Say what you want, you can't hurt a dead man. And Jim said that so many times, he quoted. So you can ask and practice this question, how can I improve? When Jesus rules and is Lord of your life, you can admit where you've been wrong, when you've been wrong, and make things right. The Apostle Paul called this the ministry of what? Reconciliation. Reconciliation. His presence alone and his love for us will lead us to do things we never thought we could do. Because it's Christ in us, the best part of you. Let's bow together in prayer. Father, we thank you for this wonderful story in the scriptures of this man, Zacchaeus, who wanted to meet Jesus. And we've learned today that you've been wanting to meet all of us. You've been wanting to come into our house, our home, the hidden places of our life, and truly be Lord. And I pray, Father, during this invitation, someone will invite Christ into their life and come forward and say, today's the day I'm giving my life to Jesus. Or today is the day I need to unite with Ekron Baptist Church, having already received Jesus Christ. May someone listening or watching by Facebook be willing to say, Jesus, come into my life right now. Forgive me of my sin. Be my Lord. Take charge of my life as well as save me and forgive me of my sin. In Christ's name we pray. And all the people said, Amen. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. You too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask Him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Akron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Akron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Akron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.